Welcome back, everybody, to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. My name is David Rivera, and you can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O. Hi, everybody. It's me, Tormund. Again, your redheaded friend. You can find me on social media at Heartbreak underscore underscore Kid. Hey, everybody. It's Aaron. <laughs> What? Just a 13-beat pause between Maverick and you. It's fine. Go ahead. That was not that long of a pause. I, like, went forward as soon as he finished. But anyways, I'm Aaron. I'm taking my good old time today. Apparently. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. Wow. I could, I'm going to ruin that. If if I end up editing this, I'm going to ruin that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut it all together. <laughs> <laughs> Bet. <laughs> all about the anticip. And my name's Colby. You can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Colby Complains, all one word. I was waiting for you to do the patient. I, I was waiting for the patient. <laughs> it'll come when it'll come. Don't all right. So like it. 30 minutes into the podcast, <laughs> you're just gonna say patient, and then everyone's gonna know. You're right. Chekhov's anticipation. All right. Uh, so if you follow us on Twitter, you know we don't have that much to talk about. <coughs> so we're going to do some. We're going to talk about what we want to talk about. We're going to hit up some Twitter questions. It's going to be a good time. So Justin Pierce, a guard, a 6'4 guard. Six, seven. Six seven? Six Is seven, it really yeah. six seven? Yeah. Okay. Six seven guard out of guard forward out of William and Mary. Uh is transferring to UNC. Um he averaged about fifteen points a game last year. I like his game from the tape that I've seen. He's a he's a surprisingly well, he's a he has a good shot on him. And Don't say surprising athletic. No no no, I was just saying he's <laughs> actually <laughs> No, I was just going to say he's really good at finding his way to the rim. I was he's a hustle say, man. Yeah, he's a real gym rat, real Crafty. coach's guy. Blue guy. <laughs> I do think he shows a lot of physicality that I think people <coughs> wanted Luke to have. Yeah, he does. <coughs> As David was alluding to, being able to get to the basket and finish it, like strong finishes too, not... He like, can dunk it, man. Like he, 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 he had, like I think, 25 dunks in a season, which is... Pretty good for uh, a, for a non forward. Also, more of a jack of trades. He, he also averaged eight rebounds a game, averaged four assists. So he he did mention he's the kind of person when his shots hitting, he's going to facilitate and make sure that it, and find his other teammates. So I like hearing that. Did you that's, notice it's going to fit well in the Carolina system? Did you notice that both of our grad transfers are good rebounders for their size? Like Christian Keenly averaged, I think, six rebounds a game. And then Justin Pierce averaged how many rebounds a game? I think it was eight. About eight, yeah. He so said he both prides of, himself on his rebounding. Yeah, so both both grad transfers are really good rebounders. They said it. They're, both of them are two like the top five, if not top ten, players in the grad transfer pool. I don't expect them to grab eight rebounds a game next year just because I don't think they'll be asked to. Like, I, I don't think that's something they're going to have to do at Carolina. I think that's going to be a lot more... <laughs> um, distributed. Um, one thing 
about Justin Pierce. So his sophomore year, his second year, he shot 38. If I'm, I, this is all off the top of my head. He shot 38% from three. Last year, he shot 34% from three on, I think, more shots. But last year, he was asked to do a lot more. He was more ball dominant last year. He was asked to do a lot more. So I think if he gets here, he doesn't have to do that anymore. Um, I think he'll be able to um, bring his shooting percentage right back up. Yeah, I definitely think that's a real possibility, but I also do think that we should expect him to score less than he did last year at William and Mary. Cause he averaged what? 18 points. I think 15, but he also 15 and a half, 15 and a half, but he was also playing 34 minutes a game. <laughs> yeah. And I don't expect him to play nearly that much. I mean, some say he could be the starter. I mean, it's going to give a lot of good competition with B. Robin Leakey. I don't know yeah. if he beats him out quite yet. But Roy's always said he's this kind of person. It's up to the players. If the players show out in practice and prove themselves, he's going to play them. Oh, I totally think that he's going to get significant minutes. But 34 minutes a game is a lot. Oh, yeah. And, and back to everything else, he doesn't necessarily need that anymore. Now he'll be with a solid squad. Um, and it's the whole thing, with too, with the rebounding and the assists, not necessarily the he has to do that in order for us to be successful every game. But it's good to know that he has the propensity and mm-hmm. that can do those things if need be. Exactly. He can step up. Exactly. And, and that's a big conversation with this is I think Roy has started. He's We're getting one and dones now again. Um, but I think he's also enjoying the grad transfer market and, Cam Johnson's success, I think, is going to bring a lot of grad transfers in the future because he's still able to develop these players. Um, and they're getting players that are pretty are, have already proved themselves in Division One basketball. One thing I like about what I like about this squad that's shaping up is that we have people that can get their own shot. Like, Cole Anthony can go out there and I'm, I'm pretty, I feel pretty good about him being able to get his own shot when he needs to. I think Christian Keeling can get his own shot. And now I think Justin Pierce, I mean, from what he said last year, like I haven't dived deep into his game tape from last year, but I'm pretty sure he can go and get his own shot too. And that's going to, that's the stuff that wins you games where at the end of the game, you just need someone who can find their way to the basket or can find a way to get their shot off. That's the stuff that's going to win you those, those games in, um, late February, March. Um, but again, like I said, around this time last year, this, there's a lot of talent on this team. It might take them a second to gel. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, we think about where we were a couple weeks ago. Like, I was genuinely worried about this roster coming in because of the uncertainty with Cole Anthony coming, um, I didn't even know about Seventh Woods leaving at that point, but that would have been devastating if we had not gotten some of these uh, guys. But like, just thinking about where we were a couple weeks ago and where we are now, the growth and the confidence in this team to be a contender is just skyrocketed, skyrocketed since uh, since uh, I mean two or three weeks ago. 
I think that with <laughs> how much roster turnover we're having going into the year and how many talented guys we have coming in, we're going to see some really good Mad Scientist Roy lineups in November oh and December. God. I'm already mad. <laughs> I'm already mad about the lineup that scores zero points and loses us the game. Also, I don't mean to call you out, David, but you're probably worried about our recruiting class for like 2040 already and those kids aren't alive yet. Yep. I'm worried about those fetuses, man. Listen, they have to get the proper nutrition if they want to run Roy's system. That's what I have to say about Justin Pierce. I'm excited about him. I think so. How about this? Here's my projected starting lineup for next year. I think it's going to be, I know, I said I hated this. I know, I was surprised. It is May 5th, and we have nothing to talk about. So, Cole Anthony, (laughs) Christian Keeling, Justin Pierce... Garrison Brooks, um, Baycott. That's my one, two, three, four, five. Uh, I'm going to go Cole Anthony. I'll say Christian Keeling. I'm going to have a hot take and say that B-Rob beats out Justin Pierce at the three spot. And then four Garrison, five uh, Armando. I'll also take uh, B-Rob narrowly edging out at least to start. Um, he could maybe get injured, and then Justin Pierce then takes over probably around December. I don't know. Um, you going to expand on that, sir? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I think that especially at the two and three, we have a lot of possibilities for what our lineup could be, and I just don't know. I haven't really watched Justin Pierce or uh, Christian Keeling's tapes yet, so I don't know what to expect from them. I'm interested to see what the depth chart is going to look like at the front court. Because I'm mostly worried about that. Like, we are a guard-heavy team right now. <coughs> and as I look at it, I mean, you look at the depth chart right now for the four and five positions. I mean, who's the backup for? I think it would be Armando Baycott. <laughs> Behoff. But he's more of a center. He's not a four. He's a he's a five. He could play all five positions. <laughs> I, I think point, Justin point easily could slide down the four. He he would be an undersized four, but a four nonetheless. Because like I said, he's still he's one inch uh, shorter than Luke. So that's that's my biggest like that's what I'm keeping an eye on for this next year is what the depth chart in the it, or what's going to look like off of the bench uh, for the four and five positions. Yeah. So things to keep an eye on as we go forward. Um, I don't think we're going to get precious now. All of our, as our friend um, Bryce pointed out on Twitter at Bryceless Gym, uh, all of our scholarships have been allocated. So unless we kick someone, um, cough, Shay. cough, Shay, um, off of a scholarship, it looks like we are done for um, next year's team. So. Would have liked hey. to, I would have liked to have gotten Precious, but hey, it's okay. I didn't think we were going to get Precious. Um, it would have been nice, but I, I'm happy with the squad we got. Mm. Let's, win, let's win some games like, next year. We're going to win the whole thing. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like, I <laughs> don't expect... Fun. Like, listen, like, having just won in 2017, like, I don't... Like, we're spoiled to have back-to-back Final Four championship runs... 
and just to think about contending so much like we are we're really lucky y'all we are i guess this is what it's like being like a patriots fan or whatever it's just like I oh know. so every year we're supposed to win it's, oh okay <laughs> i get it now i get why you're I get it i get why you are the way you are <laughs> um so, uh, can i just before we move on from this can i ask one question that i'm interested in yeah where do you where do we see anthony harris fitting in I don't know much about his game, so I don't know. He's also Originally, one of the, he's a combo guard style. I mean, could very well be the backup guard, could be the, the two spot. Um, I mean, it depends on where he produces. I would think he would be the backup too. <coughs> I mean, he's uh, virtually he's Kenny Williams 2.0. Coming from Virginia, he's a defensive specialist, has a, somewhat of a three-point shot. I mean, I would say a little more physical and, like I said, more attacking uh, than Kenny was. Are you, are you talking about on offense or just in general? Attack-wise on offense, but just a defensive specialist on the other side. I'll raise yeah, originally, you, where is Jeremiah Francis going to fit in? Because I feel I so bad for the, the kid bitch. that everybody keeps not mentioning him when he was actually the first commit of this class. I think it's interesting for him because I think – one, we have to see how healthy he is. Him and Anthony Harris. You have to see how healthy is, healthy he is. Two, I mean, he's been injured for two years now. With Leaky, it's unclear. Or because Leaky's so versatile, we don't know like where he's going to be coming in off the bench. So Leaky could very well be a backup point guard. Leaky could be a he Leaky can play one, two, three. So Four if you're desperate. It's four if you're desperate. So it's it's hard to it's hard to put a depth chart together for especially the point guard spot. Even where I would like to see Leaky would be the the um the backup point guard, which would leave Jeremiah Francis in the um I guess last year's seventh spot or two years ago's seventh spot. <coughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, not, I'm I, not opposed to him redshirting if it turns out to be a, a more major issue. Because um, we could put in KJ. I really want to see KJ do well. I think that what you expect out of KJ is going to dictate what we expect out of Jeremiah. Because if we think that KJ is going to get real minutes and be the seventh of two years ago, then it's probably smartest for Jeremiah to redshirt. But if you think that Jeremiah should get those minutes, then he's probably going to be the seventh of two years ago. Uh, I was so afraid. I was, I was just like watching out for Twitter to see like the, him put up his notes app post saying he was released from his letter of intent. And then I saw Dookie did it. <laughs> hate to see it. Yeah. Hate to see it. All right, let's talk um, professional basketball. The Rockets and the Warriors had a overtime, double overtime. Just it was overtime? a sing- single overtime. Single. I was. I fell asleep, <laughs> so I did not see <laughs> Steph get rejected by the rim. It was quite glorious. So I, I mean, listen, the Rockets have their shots. They have the ability to win. And the Warriors. They, they could they could have beaten the Warriors game one if they end up choked it away. So the Rockets. And they right, if they weren't the Rockets. 
quite frankly, like this feels like the final series. Like I feel like whoever wins this goes on and wins the finals, but we all know who was winning the series, right? The Rockets. Yes, but it like yes, we know. But these Warriors are weird. They are. No, I'm not going to deny that. Like you got Steph Curry looking like uh what, what was it that I saw on Twitter? He said he looks like uh oh shit. Brandon Roy but with an Under Armour deal. <laughs> That's what I saw. <laughs> um Bomani Jones brought this point up today. He said uh since quote I'm Kevin Durant unquote KD has been on fire and Curry ha- Curry hasn't scored more than 24. Three games under 20 to two games before, I'm Kevin Durant. Steph had 38 and 29. So I think it's interesting that, like, the better KD looks, I'm not sure if the Warriors as a team are better. No, like, is that that fair? No, that makes sense to me. I mean, listen, I mean, I feel like we've known this for a while, though, because, like, when Steph plays well, they're unstoppable. But when Steph plays mediocre, they look a little bit beatable, even when KD does go off. Like, 72 and 10, the Warrior, like, the Steph was the best player on that team, and everything went through Steph. And now there are games where Steph doesn't have to be the number one option and often isn't. And those are the games where KD goes off for 35, 40, 45 points. And I I don't know. I just feel like does Steph need to – this feels weird to say because they're the Warriors and Steph Curry, but does Steph need the ball in his hands more? <laughs> I mean, he's like the best point, point guard in the league. I know, like, yeah, he's the point guard. <laughs> How much more do you want it? It's it's just all it's all very strange. And then, so there are games like last night where I think KD had more than forty last night. He did. I think he had forty six. He had a lot. And Steph literally did not score in the fourth quarter or overtime, at least not from the floor. And his one opportunity to score. <laughs> Uh, was a missed dunk down five with 20 seconds left. But the other part of that is he was 0 for 6. And I feel like you want to give Steph more than six shots in the fourth quarter in overtime. And I, again, I fell asleep. That might have been the Rockets playing very good deny ball defense. But like if he's the point guard, like he should, he should have the ball in his hands a lot. You would think so. Um, so I, I do think the Warriors are going to pull the series out because at the end of the day, they are the Warriors, but I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they will win this series or win, um, win the finals. I mean, I think the Rockets can at least take one more game, but it's going to take a lot like that first game in a lot of ways, I still think broke the back a little bit and that how close it came. No, for sure. And I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like the, the, the Rockets the war- also get in their own way a lot. You said they get in their own way? I'm talking about the Rockets specifically. The, yeah. warrior, the Warriors, like, they, you know what you're getting with them. But, like, the Rockets, like, on paper, should at least compete. And they most part, for the most part, they do. But a lot of times, 
with all the complaining they do, they get re- they really get in their own way. Yeah, they get in their own heads, and I and I tweeted that last night where it's like I'm not sure like the crowd is helping the Rockets' cause right now, where they're just like going bonkers over like every perceived slight, and I was like, that's not how you like engender the the refs to your cause. Like, no ref is gonna say, oh yeah, you know what? <laughs> you crowd, have a point. You're right. You have a point. <laughs> Quote Jeff Fuchs. Um. It's oh my god! I forgot. I'm turning. I'm turning to Jeff <laughs> So I. I, <coughs> I also feel like the Warriors are that team, like the Patriots, where we think that they can lose every time, and then we all know what happens. But every time has to be that time that they're actually going to do it. Yeah, but like the. <laughs> I will I will go to the grave with this. The Patriots last year, like they were not the Patriots of a couple years ago. And these Warriors are not the Warriors of even last year. I mean, listen, like Steph is Steph's over 30, isn't he? Yeah. Steph is over 30. KD is going over 30 soon. Andre Iguodala is like 45. Like I, I know that this is a great, this is a dynasty one of the greatest teams ever assembled. But you got to feel like it's coming to an end soon, right? I think it's done after this season. Yeah. I For mean, sure. Between, if Katie leaves, I feel like Clay is also gone. I about to say is like Clay is also an important part of this. Like if not his shooting, then his defense is a very important part of this team. He's legitimately one of the best defensive guards in the league. And that's that. That's a part of his game that doesn't really get talked about that much. I feel I mean, like he did a couple years ago, but not so much anymore. Yeah, I think the only one that's a, it's a lock is Steph. I think any of the other ones can go. I think Dre wants to stay in. Oh, not to say that there's there's more that won't. I'm just saying. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would only put Steph as the only lock. Well, Dre was talking crazy because he said he wanted a max. I was like, boy, you ain't a max player. But is. Is he? I feel like he's no, he he at him. no, he's not. Kobe, don't do this. Look, I'm not saying like on like the matter, or I guess I am saying it on the matter of this play, but like people get wild with Max's. Like they do. So like if if Clay leaves, if Dre leaves, and Steph is on a contract that he's on, how is Dre not a Max player? I could easily see the thing as like KD immediately jump ship and then they throw a, a a max at Draymond just to keep him. I, 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 I think that Draymond Green for the Warriors is a max player. <coughs> Wouldn't it be crazy? Like as soon as this dynasty ends, like Steph is getting old and Clay is gone and KD is gone. And whoever else is gone. Wouldn't it be wild if Steve Kerr just said peace out and just retired once it was all done? Not like he don't got money. I know. <laughs> I mean, he was announcing. Like, he was on 2K not that long ago. He was announcing on 2K. The first year that he was coached the Warriors, it was possible to play as Steve Kerr uh, with Steve Kerr coaching and commentating all at the same time. Um... We have a question from at three back beat my great grand big. It gets lost. I'm old now. Um, saying 
playoff Raptors versus regular season Raptors question mark. And uh, yeah, question mark indeed. <laughs> playoff Raptors. I haven't watched. I haven't watched the Raptors all year. <laughs> regular season Raptors get five Kyle Lowry butts, and playoff <laughs> Raptors get two Kyle Lowry butts. It's just it's every year, every single year. Like the dinosaurs do this, and I don't get it. The dinosaurs. <laughs> like I, I don't understand what changes. And the thing is, they have different players too. <laughs> different players, different coaches. Every year is the same thing. It's so gotta always, be something. It's always LeBronto. It will always <laughs> and forever be LeBronto. He's not even in the Eastern Conference, and he's still in their heads. But um, Kawhi has looked very good this, these playoffs. <clears throat> if there are any questions as to if he could ever go back to what he used to be, the answer Thanks, is yes. Sir. The answer is yes. And uh, Pascal Siakam, hello. Yeah, Why I know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Where, when did that happen? <clears throat> um, so, yeah, question mark indeed. The Canes. Conference championship, going to the conference championship. How do we feel? I mean, here's my – I'll lay it down right here. I do not watch hockey at all. Zero mm-hmm. percent. But the Canes have done something that I never thought was possible. They've made me interested in hockey. <laughs> They've made me – Sit down and watch a hockey game on television. That has never happened before. So, I mean, shoot. I think it's a, gra- it's a great thing. And I may not be, like, Canes fan since 1990 or whatever. But, hell yeah, I'm going to root for the Hurricanes. Yeah, Canes man since a month ago. It's, it's Bunch, of <laughs> Bunch of jerks. Bunch of jerks. I can actually talk to Garrett now because he likes hockey and I'm watching some of it. <laughs> this is how people feel with people who don't watch soccer. Like, <laughs> this is it's the exact same thing. See, I'm between this and also please watch my sport guy winning. It's like, I don't want please watch my sport guy to win. <laughs> um... But the hockey, uh, the hockey's are playing very, very well right now. The Canes are playing very, like they're playing fun hockey. Like I don't know what regular hockey looks like, but this looks like fun hockey. So I'm gonna watch it. Um, yeah, it seems like a good time, you know. Why really? not hometown team? I mean, they just went from. I mean, I'm pretty sure if I'm right, they're the Vegas like Vegas odds favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Currently. What you Maverick Reese saying something? No. Oh. I haven't been paying much attention, to be honest. I I'm, I was trying to be respectful because I know I'm not really into it. I'm not going to try to act like I am. Uh, David. Oh, go uh, stars. <laughs> make, make no mistake. I have no idea what's happening, but I cheer when the puck goes into the place it's supposed to go. <laughs> David, I'm not sure about that Vegas odds, but that might also be at this point because they're the only te- they're one of the only teams that's advanced 
to the conference finals at this point. That's true. So it might be like when the first team wins, their 538 odds shoot up like double to win the championship. <coughs> so That's once true. the conference finals start, we might see better odds. But I would also believe that because they are good and they're really hot right now. Got to get hot. What is it that you say in baseball? The bat's got it. You just got to have what is bat's that? has got to warm up. The, bat, the bat's, bat's got to wake up. The bat's got to wake up. The bats are nocturnal. <laughs> um, there's your hockey talk. Done. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky yeah. Derby. Oh, my God. I, I can't even pretend like I paid attention to the Kentucky Derby. Y'all don't watch the Kentucky Derby? I love no. the Kentucky Derby. I forgot to watch it because I was at the dinner, but I love the Kentucky Derby. (laughs) Jesus. So I'm the only one that saw what happened. (laughs) I mean, I I saw it through Twitter. I heard about what happened. So basically, I already forgotten these horses' names. Who who was the supposed winner (coughs) first? Do you remember, Aaron? Something with an M, I think. Anyway, he crossed the finish line first. And everyone was celebrating. And then I went to the bathroom and I walked around for a while. And then I went downstairs and my dad was still watching and the jockey looked concerned. And I was like, what happened? He said, there's a challenge. I was like, a challenge? He was like, they're challenging it. And I was like, okay. So apparently he won. He So he was leading the entire time. And he cuts one of the other horses off. And their feet got tangled up a little bit. And so that horse uh, put in a petition. That horse didn't place, by the way. I don't think they were in the top four. Um, But they put in a petition and the petition was upheld. So second place, a country home, I believe, ended up winning the Kentucky Derby. I believe they said it's the first time a horse that did not cross first didn't win the Kentucky Derby. I'm sure betters everywhere were screaming. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, not the first time that a championship was taken away in Louisville. Ah, that's a Patino joke. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, shout out to Country Home. I want to see the odds on that horse because I doubt they are going to be the favorites going into the Preakness. Um, But we'll see. I promise y'all I actually do watch horse racing. <laughs> is that horse's name <coughs> Is that horse's name a play on country roads? It's all, all the horses, horses' names, names are, are all played. plays on something. Yeah. Country home, take me roads. Thank yeah, you. that works out. <laughs> I'm glad to know that there's someone else that watches horse racing because people here make fun of me for it. Dude, there's a whole horse racing channel that me and Adam Steinhouse, when he came over my house of um, last is. year. Of course there was. Of course <laughs> there is, and of course it's Adam Steinhouse. Well, we found it together. We were just, like, scrolling through the channels. Um, hey, overturning a title run, though, it's very classic in Louisville. I did not come up with that, just full disclosure, but had to You're say about it. two minutes behind on it. Yeah, man, we, that joke was made a couple minutes ago. Well, I'm deaf. um yeah we um we were just scrolling through the channels and horse racing was on and then the horse race ended and then it just like like whip around coverage to the next race and we were like oh 
this is exciting. And then we just watch like the horse racing red zone for the rest horse of the night. Horse racing red zone. Do I want to take Garrett's? Do you want to take Garrett's question? Sure. So this is from Garrett Reeling at the Gertling. Asks us at Never Made Varsity, which is the most overrated condiment? So let's break this down. Overrated means that a lot of people <coughs> like it, but it shouldn't get, or a lot of people use it and it shouldn't get as much play as it does. Yes. Is this the, okay. Yes. Like it is popular and you don't understand why. Okay. So are we ready? You can go. Cause I'm still thinking I've got uh, two candidates. Okay. Go for it, Aaron. Um, I'm between ranch and mayo. Oh, mayo. Mayo. It's mayo. Um, I'm going to say blue cheese. Really? I think think it's the most rancid thing I've ever tasted in my life. Because I would argue that blue cheese is underrated. Are we talking blue cheese dressing or blue cheese cheese? Both. Because the dressing in certain contexts I feel like is okay. I'm not a big fan of blue cheese cheese. I think we're talking about the con- like the the sauce. Personally, I'm talking about the dressing, but both are very nasty. <laughs> Get some the blue cheese from Wings Over in Chapel Hill, which I miss with all of my heart. I miss Wings Over so much. <laughs> my my it's intestines, so my intestines don't miss it, but my heart misses it. <laughs> your emotional heart, not your arteries. Not my um, arteries, no. God, I miss wings. Uh, I really, I just got really hungry. Um, but their blue cheese was pretty good. That was the first blue cheese I ever had because I never ate, had blue cheese because I was like, why would I eat that when I have ranch? And then Carla was like, try blue cheese. It's good. <laughs> I do also think ranch is overrated. Like, I'm not a huge – like, I'll eat it, but it's it's also – I don't understand the hype. Like, people put it on pizza and crap. Like, Like, I don't get that stuff. The worse the pizza, the better it tastes with ranch. Well, that's different. Like, if you're talking about, like, school pizza, that's cardboard, <laughs> and you got to put something on it. But if we're talking, like, a high-quality pizza does not need ranch on it. Like, what? It's just this, it's, it's the same thing as this. I hold the belief that a, if, if the chicken tender is good or the chicken nugget is good, it doesn't need anything on it. Yeah, but sometimes you just need, like, a conduit for barbecue sauce. That's fair. And, like, I'll, I'll admit, like, honey mustard, like, I'll dip anything into honey mustard. But I think ranch is, I think ranch is overrated. I think ranch is overrated, and I think blue cheese is disgusting. Maverick, you have anything? Well, I, I'm a pretty bare-bones person for, like, condiments and stuff. Y'all know me, like... I don't really put a whole lot on my food. I was going to say something like either mustard or probably mayo. Maverick, I just want you to know that it's a it's a very often topic of conversation with me and Carla about how you would take rice and put chicken nuggets on the rice and then put the cheese on the chicken nuggets <laughs> and rice and yeah. call it a roast compoio. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, by definition, it is ACP. Yeah. It is. Like, like we talk about this a lot. 
Hey, it's, it's that ingenuity that college helps. <laughs> it's like putting, uh, you take two of the cookies and then you put a, sco- like you go to the ice cream machine and you like go around once on one of the cookies, put them together, you have a ice cream cookie sandwich. That's different than putting <laughs> cheese, you know what, never mind. <laughs> I'm not getting into this. So, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, otherwise I'm. I'm pretty bland. Don't beat yourself up like that, Maverick. Can you handle the heat of salt and pepper? Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> and I like jalapenos. I like spice. But, like, uh, actual condiments? No. <coughs> like, hate mayo. Don't, what, I love what pickles, is a, <coughs> but, but give me, like, a pickle. Don't give me relish. What I is don't it? like ketchup on my hot dogs. I don't like mustard on my hot dogs. I usually just eat a plain hot dog and bun. What is the deal with the mayo hate on this podcast? It's disgusting. It's not I'm not good. the most healthiest eater in the world, but mayo is where the buck stops with me. I used like, to I, hate I'm mayo. Not, I don't hate it anymore. I just don't particularly like it. Like, I'm, I'm fine with it, like, mixed into stuff like sup dog sauce. I love sup dog sauce. Oh, and that's is about basically to come Thousand Island. <laughs> like, Han I'm is not about Hana. to come through this podcast yeah, and fries kill and mayo. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I'm positive that she drinks mayo straight out the packets. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we have a friend named Hannah. She re- really, just really loves, <laughs> really <laughs> likes is an understatement. That, no, I just cannot stand it. Um, let's do one more question. Get out of here with a short pod. So, from a bunch of emojis, <laughs> unpopular opinion, UNC Sports Edition. I'm going to let y'all start with that one. I think, yeah, I'm going to have to, I have one that I'm going to qualify a lot. Purely, purely as a coach, purely as a coach, Roy Williams is better than Dean Smith. Wow, that's a very... I agree with you on that one. Don't let Evan Dunn find out about that one. I was going to say, that started some blowout arguments between me and Evan before. Purely (laughs) as a coach. I know there are other... There are are many, many, many other things that make Dean Smith the legend that he was. But purely as a basketball coach, Roy Williams. You came with the heat. They said owns popular. Yeah. I have now. one. Oh, you Go keep ahead. going. Sorry. No, I'm not going to qualify it anymore. I'm going to stay with my <laughs> take. Okay. Mine, I think, has become less unpopular over the past couple months, and I think it'll continue to become less unpopular over the next year. But I think that losing all of the mid-campus athletic facilities for two years to completely refurbish slash rebuild all the facilities was 100% worthwhile. I think it's hard to say that consider, I mean, you know, we're not on campus. Like we're not affected by this anymore, but I feel like it's hard to say that so close to it being done. Yeah. That's what I, I, that's why I think that's part of it because I do remember it did really, really suck. I mean, it really inhibited a lot of things and it, arguably is part of the reason why <laughs> UNC football was in the shape that it was. Yeah. 
That's true. But the new indoor practice facility is fantastic. The new soccer stadium, soccer lacrosse stadium is fantastic. The new field hockey stadium is fantastic. We're now going to have turf at Keenan stadium, which was confirmed like a month ago, I think. Month, month or two. So like, obviously it did suck for a year and a half, two years, but we're going to have some of the best, if not the best athletic facilities in the country. Although the one major issue is that the track team still doesn't have a venue on practice to practice at. So where do they do that now? Is it the indoor facility? Mm. The, the old one? That's where they do indoor practice, but they don't have an outdoor venue. I think that they still go off campus somewhere for outdoor practices. Dang. That does really suck. David, Mav, got anything? I Um, gave my condiment opinion first, so I'll go last this time. I had mine on mine. Oh, I would say on a per capita basis. I think volleyball has the most electric atmosphere. God dang it, you took mine. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I would agree. Volleyball is fun. It is a good time. <laughs> you took my dang... God, frick, frick Maverick. <laughs> you you, you wanted to go last. I know. I didn't <laughs> think anyone would think of it. But no, easily... I mean, I would say two basketball might be my second favorite environment. You're saying you're putting volleyball over basketball? No, no, it's my second. Oh, I still, okay. You got to okay. take basketball. That's the popular opinion. Okay. The unpopular opinion is that volleyball is right there, just on a per capita, especially because the crowds are smaller. Other than basketball, volleyball games were my favorite to go to just because of the energy, the actual game being, the quality of game being played, and the atmosphere. I have one that might be unpopular just with like hardcore UNC fans. Go for it. Um, 2015 Carolina had no shot of making the playoff in football. Yeah, we all knew that. We just were chasing clout. Maverick people will argue. People will argue with you and tell you that Carolina had a chance at the playoff that year. It would have been fun. It would have been a fun week for me to yell about it on Twitter, even though I knew it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I have one more unpopular opinion, but I need there to not be a debate surrounding it because what? it's not going to, it's going to no, like we can't actively debate it right now because it's just going to end in a pile of flames. Okay. I'm afraid of where this is going. Yeah. LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. We already talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this a while ago. Yeah, but it always starts something. We, I, but I also do not want to get into a goat conversation right now. No, that is so the last I, thing I, I feel like doing right now. I, I really, I listen. I literally had not had a full meal today. I do not have the energy for for a goat conversation right now. <laughs> I like I think I don't know if y'all already said it too basically like on a for like a, on a college basis too Michael Jordan is not the best Tar Heel. <coughs> no, I agree with that completely. Yeah. I still think that most likely goes to Phil Ford. There's a Tyler Hansbrough, there's a Lenny Ro- Rosenbluth, James Worthy, Anton Jameson. 
Charlie Scott. Like there's a there's a Stillman <laughs> there's White. a lot. Stillman White. Larry Drew, there's a lot of people that you could throw in there. Um I'm trying to think of other if I have any other hot take opinions. I'm all I'm all hot taked out. I feel like I could say a couple things about football, but I don't think they're hot takes. Like like I don't think Larry Fedora was ever gonna be <coughs> sorry. I don't think Larry Fedora was ever gonna be long term here. I think he was the the plug after Butch. I this might and, be uh, uh, just the way that he ran things. I don't think he was ever gonna I don't think he was ever gonna last here. I I think this might be a hot take. I don't I agree with you that he was never going to be a long-term <laughs> thing. And I think that the contract that we signed him to was a good move at the time. Can you f- expand on that? I think that the way the coaching market works in college athletics, you like we just saw it with Wake Forest where they just signed Clawson to a seven-year deal after a pretty pedestrian season like it's that's just how college athletics works that if you think you might have a good one you have you have to lock it down it's like um it's like franchise quarterbacks even if they have a crappy season yeah so that's where my rationale comes from Okay, because I, I, I remember, I remember if Adam Shinehouse was listening to this podcast, I remember us being on the bus, and I remember us having this conversation about that contract not being a good contract, and I remember defending it, and I'm still inclined to defend it now. So, anything else before we get out of here? I'm just ready for Game of Thrones. Yeah, me too. I am too. I very quick Game of Thrones thought. I feel like this episode is going to be the one that decides if this season is going to be good or not. Because I feel like this episode right now, like that happens today, has the potential to be either really, really good or a huge disappointment. I think that will be the responses tonight. Either, like, something has to happen to right. um, shake things up we, or, or really let us know the stakes. Because right now <laughs> we're pretty on our high horse, and that, that can't last too long in Game of Thrones. If um, we get another setup episode, it's it, I can't. I can't defend it. <laughs> We've I mean, set up for eight seasons. It's, get something done. Is it going to be... Uh, I'm not going to get into my setup conversation right now, but I the episode did leak. I did see from like reactions from the people that watched the leak. I couldn't parse them out completely because they it was very like vague stuff, but I know that there was like a re, like a reaction it got a reaction out of them from what i've seen the pr- the preview that i saw like the preview that game of thrones gives out worries me just a little bit but i realize it's just a preview but it makes me feel like it's another setup episode we will see we shall see but until then, that was really loud. Sorry about that, headphone users. But until then, you can find us at tinyurl.com slash nevermadevarsity. Give us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Anything you liked or didn't like, be sure to let us know via Twitter at nevermadepod. Thank you to David Cutter for the music. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Patience.